Bad Girl Energy with Bria Hebert. I don't know why I'm laughing. I'm your host, Bria Hebert, and this is the podcast where we are busy doing sad girl shit. I, I've got to say, I just celebrated my second lockdown birthday, and I have decided that I'm going to leave this pandemic the same age that I entered the pandemic. I'm in Ontario. We're under strict restrictions. It's chaos, and look, I don't mind chaos in my life. I really don't, but I like to choose it for myself. I don't want to have chaos in my life because of someone else, because someone else is maybe bad at their job. I like to be the agent of chaos in my life. I like to be the driving force of chaos in my own life. Let me be the one to fuck up my own life please and thank you. A message from the Ontario government. But one of my friends on my birthday reminded me of some of her favorite Bria stories, so I thought this week the best thing to do would be for me to share those stories. So when I was 20, I moved to the Netherlands for nine months to go on exchange, which was like supposed to be some educational experience, but really I just partied the entire time and started working on a pub crawl And yes, I was one of those annoying kids that went to Europe and came back with a million stories that they couldn't stop telling. But I went to Budapest three times, um, but this is the first time I went to Budapest. Budapest is the most insane place on earth. Like, I would compare it to Vegas, but you're in Europe, so everything is just a little bit more weird. Like, we literally went caving once where we wore these suits and for an hour... I think no maybe two hours we literally like went through this underground caving system with this tour guide and he would jump down these like little holes and we'd have to follow him and I got stuck a couple times I got stuck yeah I I needed him to pull me on through one of them um it's fine it wasn't traumatic I don't think about it ever um mostly because I repressed the memory But yeah, we went caving, and you go through these pathways, and there's like 4,000 different potential pathways in this area that you could go through, and your guides have to be so good. They know exactly what route they're taking you on, and exactly how to get back. And I don't know how they tell one turn from the other. Boggles my mind. He also claimed that there was a clinic, or like a spa, that was underground, and that you could heal your asthma if you stayed for two weeks but it only healed your asthma like 40 percent and for some people it didn't work at all it was like the least convincing medical advice i've ever received and that probably makes sense because this was just some random dude who hung out in caves all day like i don't know why he would be a center of knowledge for like reducing asthma by staying underground for an extended period of time none of it really makes sense and i feel like if i talk about it anymore my brain's just gonna start hurting so i'm just gonna tell this story okay so we went to budapest and we would drink for a week straight when we were there and i know that's so bad for your body and for your mind and really for everything but this is what we did and one of the days we decided to do a beer bike and it was at like 7 p.m. and I think the goal at that point in time because we were psychotic was to use the beer bike 
as a pre for going out. Now, a normal person, they would be like, oh, we're going on a beer bike. That's our exciting activity. But for us, um, that was just the warm up. So we went on this beer bike and you pedal and there's a keg in the center and they just keep handing you beers. And we were not with the strongest group of peddlers. Um, there was a lot of people that did not want to put in their fair share for the experience. They didn't want to contribute um, 100% effort in pedaling. And so I just kept drinking more because my legs hurt. And I was probably about at this point, I'm going to say 12 beers deep. So I had had a lot of alcohol in my system and while the beer bike was moving I fell off the beer bike onto the hood of a car a parked car and then I ricocheted and hit a planter and then I fell onto the ground it took a couple steps to get there it wasn't a quick and easy fall I really felt like a human pinball machine so I fall on the street and obviously there are people outside it's like 8 p.m. at night there are people like eating ice cream or like having drinks on a patio uh, just walking down the street minding their business being totally normal responsible people while I'm a crashing object in a foreign city so all these people rushed towards me to see if I was okay and I just remember opening my eyes and seeing all these faces staring at me with just the strongest look of concern. Like they were not sure that I was gonna open my eyes, right? And when I did, they kind of felt relieved, but they were also like, what is wrong with you? So they're all staring at me and I was so embarrassed. And I just looked at them and I said, no civilians were harmed. And then I got up and I ran back onto the beer bike because that that bike kept going like I wasn't gonna slow them down I wasn't gonna stop them. my inability to stay on the moving bike was not going to be a factor in them completing their mission um, what did I mean by no civilians were harmed no idea no clue probably if I'm thinking about it seriously probably had a concussion I probably I probably have a slight bit of brain damage from that but I just got up, I ran away, and I literally jumped back onto the beer bike and continued my night. How am I alive? That's my question. No way, no way, no way. I should have gotten out of that as unscratched as I did. Like, I don't even think I had any bruises. I don't think I really had any cuts. I don't think I was sore the next day. The only sore I felt was probably just the insane hangover I was nursing, but that's not a good lesson because that did not teach me to stop being an idiot. I was very reckless in my early 20s. I probably still am, but just like in a different way. And you know what? That girl, she was a queen and she did not care. And I wanna channel more of that energy going forward even though that energy really scares me, terrifies me. Now, the second story also happened in Budapest. I have a lifetime of stories from Budapest because I think that's where I was just at my peak idiot. I, I think that's where I lost my most brain cells. 
so the second story is um, Budapest is known for these beautiful baths they have and they're supposed to be very relaxing you can get uh, massages you can get different treatments and they have these beautiful outdoor baths and indoor baths and you can do cold water circuits really relaxing experience during the day it's super fun to go but because it's Europe at night it turns into a large pool party with a DJ and strobe lights and like foam we went to the baths for the party the pool party and they had these little cards that you would get on a lanyard and you would load money onto the card and that's how you bought drinks and we didn't want to do that because the drinks were more expensive there than they were at the clubs and by more expensive I mean like beer was literally like a dollar and I think at this place it was like three dollars or maybe five dollars and we didn't want to pay that which again you pay more way more for a drink in Canada but we were dumb broke university students and we decided that five dollars was too much to pay for a tall boy so what we did me and my friends we went around the party went around the pool the edge of the pool we did this while swimming okay and we picked up other people's drinks half finished drinks and we finished them we drank other people's drinks and we did that all night to the point that a man came up to me and my friends he actually swam up to us with four tall boys and he handed them to us unopened and he said I've been watching you drink other people's drinks all night and it's disgusting and then we were like confused because it's like we didn't know this like we had never interacted with this man he had literally just watched us and was so repulsed by what we were doing that he used his own money to buy us drinks and hand delivered them to us and then we like felt bad so we like tried to make conversation with him after and tried to like talk to him and he literally swam away like he wanted nothing to do with us he didn't want to flirt with us he was not interested in us at all he was just so disturbed by what we were doing that he had to come up to us and tell us and then immediately wanted to leave like he never wanted to see us again in his life so i'm adding that to the list stealing people's half-finished drinks at the bar that's sad girl energy because it proves how little you care about your body and any potential disease you could get from swapping spit with a stranger not even really swapping spit actually you're just drinking their spit they are not drinking yours they're they have no idea what your spit's like they have no interactions with your spit but i do think knock on wood that's why I didn't get COVID because I have just put such rancid things in my body over the years like I think my immune system has developed its own antibodies but also COVID is real please get vaccinated so that I can try and date another man with shoulder length hair and bad stick and poke tattoos but those stories when I was reminded of them helped me choose the theme of this week's episode which is anxiety. I want to talk about anxiety. Oh, that is the very real sense of dread that you get when you wake up in the morning 
after a night of hard drinking. That feeling that makes you grab your phone and immediately check everyone you texted, everyone you snapchatted, anyone you may have called in your drunken state, that is when you have to go back into Uber and look at your receipts to piece the night together. And like, even though we're in lockdown, it still happens, okay? You think, what did I do? What did I say? Who did I do? You know what I mean, okay? Why is there a half-eaten McChicken in my bed? Does everyone hate me? Anxiety is worse than regular anxiety because you don't remember. Like, I have regular anxiety. It's awful. But if I had blacked out what I was anxious about, that's what anxiety is. It's like you're anxious, but you don't even know why because you don't know what you did because you can't remember what you did because you drank too much. So your mind goes in 800 different places and none of them are ever good. You're never like, oh, maybe I like helped some drunk girl home last night or maybe I bought food for my friends. It's always, did I fight the bouncer? So psychologically, why do we get anxiety? What causes it? This is Brain Science with Bria. To start explaining this, we have to go over some basic terms related to neuroscience. Now, I hate to break it to you, sad girls, I hate to tell you this, but alcohol is a depressant, and it's a depressant that specifically targets your GABA receptors. We're going to start off by going over some basic terminology to help understand all of this. So what is a neuron? Neurons are cells that are responsible for receiving sensory input from the external world. What are receptors? Receptors receive signals from nearby neurons in the brain. So basically, sensory input goes from the external world to neurons and from neurons to receptors. Now, how do these different processes happen? Neurons communicate with each other as well as with other cells through electrical signals known as nerve impulses. And these nerve impulses allow your body to respond to the appropriate stimuli. So for thinking in sport analogies, which is not something I usually do, neurons are the soccer balls and receptors are the net. So in terms of alcohol, we're talking about GABA receptors. Now GABA is an amino acid neurotransmitter. Neurotransmitters are chemical messengers. And because GABA is an inhibitory neurotransmitter, it blocks or inhibits certain brain signals and decreases activity in your nervous system. It sends chemical messages through the brain and the central nervous system, which inhibits the activity of nerve cells. So when GABA attaches to the protein in your brain known as the GABA receptor, we talked about receptors, they're what receive signals from the neurons in the brain, it produces a calming effect, which reduces excitement by making fewer neurons fire. That's why you feel calm and relaxed after a couple of drinks. So maybe your reaction time slow down, maybe your coordination decreases, suddenly you think you can dance even though there's no scientific evidence to back that. Now that's what happens after one or two drinks. After three or four drinks, your body starts blocking something called glutamate. Now glutamate is the main excitatory transmitter in the brain. And you need glutamate to lay down memories. 
So if it's blocked, you're unable to lay down memories, which is why you can't remember things. But our bodies are smart. So our body registers this new imbalance in our brain chemistry and it attempts to correct things. So when you stopped drinking, you end up with a low level GABA function and a spike in glutamate, which leads to anxiety. The brain tries to fix this imbalance by overcompensating, which results in an overactivity of the neurotransmitters that excite the brain and body, and an underactivity of the neurotransmitters that help you relax. So you get home drunk, you're feeling fine. I mean, you're drunk, but you're not feeling any of that anxiety. You go to bed. You probably fall asleep pretty easily because you are hammered. So about four hours after you stop drinking, that's when withdrawal kicks in. And that's when you wake up shaky, jittery, with a dry mouth. Alcohol is also a diuretic. It makes you sweat, which then makes you dehydrated. Also, when you drink alcohol and you're out, you're less likely to be drinking water. And alcohol is also a literal poison, so when you drink, toxic chemicals build up in your blood as your body processes the alcohol. So the combination of the poor sleep from the withdrawal, the change in your brain chemistry, and the dehydration create an awful trio that leads to that terrible hungover feeling. Basically, when you go out and drink, that night you're overdosing on your relaxing, calming chemicals, which leads to a depletion the next day, and you're stuck with those anxious feelings and the heart palpitations. You don't have enough of that calming GABA amino acid neurotransmitter because you depleted it when you went out drinking, and you have a spike in glutamate, which is the excitatory transmitter that's what leads to that feeling of anxiety. Basically what results is an overactivity of the neurotransmitters that excite the brain and body and the underactivity of the neurotransmitters that help you relax. What do you do when you get anxiety? You probably call all of your friends to get them to retell the story of the night because you definitely don't remember. And if you're lucky, they remember, but sometimes none of you have any idea what happened. And that's almost better. It's like when you're the one person that blacks out and everyone else remembers the night perfectly, that's when it's embarrassing. Because you're like, oh my god, you all remember it, but I have no recollection of anything I did. That's why you get that shame feeling too. The post-hangover shame. So you call all your friends freaking out. First of all, asking them if they hate you and if they're mad at you. And second of all, getting them to help you piece your night together. But what can you actually do to help yourself feel better? First of all, do some deep breathing, do a meditation, or just take like 10 deep breaths, drink some water, and take a shower. Those are my three steps to getting over anxiety. Three healthy coping mechanisms. I'm not going to give you my unhealthy coping mechanisms because I am trying to get you to reach your peak levels of mental, physical, and emotional hotness. And look, this pandemic, even though it doesn't feel like it, it is coming to an end and you need to be prepared to get back into the game, okay? Like High School Musical says, get your head in the game, deal with your anxiety, go out the next night, meet a hot rich guy who can fund your sugar baby lifestyle and just live your life. We're just living life.
I think Kourtney Kardashian said that. The great philosopher Kourtney Kardashian. And just because I explained all the terrible things that happen to your body and your brain when you drink doesn't mean I'm trying to convince you to be sober. If you can do it safely and responsibly, do it. But I do want to help you avoid those anxiety feelings that make it not fun. Because once drinking is no longer fun, that's the sign you gotta stop. So this way you can still enjoy your margaritas without having to go into witness protection the next morning. What I like to remember about anxiety and what I've learned about anxiety is that no one hates you as much as you hate yourself. Just remember that. So if you wake up in the morning and you've got a nasty hangover, you're embarrassed about what you did, the terrible feelings you have about yourself, they're more powerful than what anyone else feels about you. And if you're like, oh my god, I'm the biggest idiot in the world, your friends probably just think you're an idiot. Not the biggest idiot in the world, just an idiot. I once woke up with such terrible anxiety that I felt like I needed to leave the country. I'm sorry, this is another Europe story. I was in Prague and I had such bad anxiety that I woke up at 6 a.m. I woke up all my friends that I was traveling with and everyone else in our hostel room and I tried to convince my friends to get on a train with me and to leave the city at like 7 a.m. And they were like, we're literally still drunk. Leave us alone. Let us go to bed. We're not leaving just because you're an idiot. And the effects that that hangover had on my heart, I was sweating all day. My heart was palpitating. It was not good. Some sort of arrhythmia, I'm sure. Like every single hour I spent in Prague that I didn't want to be there was equivalent to a pack of cigarettes worth of damage to my heart. But now I can sit on this podcast and laugh about it, ha 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 ha, because nothing matters and it's all right. Everything is fine. This week's self-care tip of the week can also apply to helping you get through anxiety. Self-care tip of the week eat an entire chocolate cake. Buy your favorite chocolate cake. Eat the whole thing. It doesn't matter if it makes you sick because it is one of your favorite things and you're treating yourself by giving yourself one of your favorite things, but just do it. Eat it for dinner. Eat it in one sitting. Don't share it. You deserve the whole thing. You can eat a whole chocolate cake to yourself and still have a hot girl summer. They are not mutually exclusive. You do not need permission to eat an entire cake by yourself. And if you can't eat cake, I'm very sorry. I don't know how I would survive if I was no longer able to eat cake. So I sympathize. I empathize. I apologize. Just allow yourself to eat something yummy. And don't think about if it's good or bad for you. Just think about it as energy to continue being your amazing self. And yeah, maybe you haven't responded to any of your friends for weeks and maybe you left a bunch of guys on red, but they probably deserved it. This week on TikTok taught me, my algorithm has been particularly jarring lately, but number one, I've never had an original thought ever. TikTok has taught me that anything I thought was unique about myself is a trait shared by at least a million people on the internet. Nothing I do is special. Number two, 
every girl on TikTok has an amazing revenge story about their ex. There was one this week that stood out to me particularly. It was a girl who said that she found out her ex-boyfriend was cheating on her. And what she did was she stole every single one of her ex-boyfriend's left shoes so that he would not have a singular pair of matching shoes. Give her the Nobel Peace Prize. I'm serious. She deserves a Harvard Fellowship. She deserves a Medal of Honor. The respect and admiration I have for that woman is unmatched. Number three, TikTok taught me that every single tarot reader thinks that my ex is coming back and to that I say, I think not, okay? Get that off of my page. You are not helping me. You are gaslighting me just as hard as he did. No thank you. I don't want to see that. Every second one of those videos comes onto my feed, I just close the app. I'm like, no more. You're not going to get my precious time. I'm not scrolling if that's what you're putting on my For You page because that is not for me. That's what they always say. They're like, only claim this message if it's for you. Nope, that's not for me. I'm not claiming that. That's bad energy. No, thank you. We do not need that. I'm not bringing that into my hot girl summer. One of the rules of hot girl summer should be you are not allowed to contact your ex during hot girl summer. I'm adding that. I don't even have a list of rules for hot girl summer, but we're going to start one right now. Number one, you are not allowed to contact your ex during hot girl summer. Let me know if you have any rules that you want added to the hot girl summer list because I will start collecting them and we can like make a Google Doc or something. You know what? Hot girl summer involves organization and planning to reach peak levels of hot girls. Google Docs are cool. I'm saying it now. Google Docs are the future. Google Docs are the present. They're the right now. Okay. Now it's time for Dear Diary, the honest segment where I read you a section from my diary this week. Dear Diary, guys will be like, I wish you didn't have trauma and then proceed to make every interaction with them the most traumatic interaction ever. I made my therapist laugh last week and she suggested we move to weekly sessions instead of bi-weekly. I'm one year older, but for once I actually feel three to four years wiser, even though I didn't know how to book a U-Haul. It snowed in April and I didn't immediately sit in bed all day watching movies, so I think that's growth. Love to me and you. Bria. I think I'm gonna get fried chicken after this. I've been thinking about it like all day. I really want chicken fingers. I know I'm seven years old, but nothing can beat chicken fingers. Like I love fried chicken sandwiches, but still for me, chicken fingers are where it's at. They're just so easy to eat, so easy to dip. I like that they're like thin, like I don't like chunks of chicken. They do it for me. What can I say? The way to my heart is through chicken fingers. I have very low standards. Uh, okay, thank you so much for listening. This has been Sacral Energy. If you're listening to this and you have rules for a hot girl summer, let me know what they are. We're going to start a collection. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. You're amazing. I'm going to go get some fried chicken. Okay.
Bye.